Here on the Great Stories Podcast, I often go back to interviews I've done live 10, even 20 years ago to share with a new audience. Well, today we're going back even further to 1934, when Haven Today was known as the Haven of Rest radio program. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and this is the Great Stories Podcast, and you're about to meet up with one of my predecessors, the original speaker and founder of this ministry, Paul Myers, and he went by First Mate Bob. It's a fascinating story of how the Lord can pull someone up from the lowest depths of despair to do something great for the kingdom. And 88 years later, the conversion story continues to make waves around the world through this ministry that produces the podcast that you're listening to right now. It makes you wonder how the Lord might use your story in future decades to come. And with that, I'd like to hand it over to the very first speaker of the Haven of Rest, First Mate Bob. and the crew of the good ship Grace, the voices from the harbor called Haven of Rest. I'm told that everybody likes a story. Every life is a story, and mine is no exception. May I share it with you? The story of my conversion to Christ in 1934, and I shall begin the narration right after this good song. Listen. Oh 
It was a night in midwinter in the city of San Diego, California, down along the waterfront where there was little or no activity. Occasionally, a taxicab would flash into view only to disappear around the corner of a deserted street. Against a foggy sky, the riding lights of varied types of craft moved in monotonous rhythm with the rise and fall of the restless water. As far as I could see, I was alone, not another human being in sight, as on and on I trudged. Long hours before I'd begun this aimless wandering, and now, weary in body and mind and sick of soul, I still was as bewildered and lost as ever. Memories like haunting ghosts of all the dead yesterdays followed my every footstep. The faces of my wife and four children kept appearing again and again upon the screen of my consciousness. How were they tonight? I'd left them alone and helpless. A nearby piling offered a seat that I might rest my aching feet. The cardboard which I'd placed in my shoes to protect my feet where the soles were worn through had long since ceased to serve its purpose. Only the lapping of the water against the wharf broke the stillness of the night. The sudden clanging of a ship's bell startled me. Two, four, six, eight. Eight bells. That must be four o'clock in the morning. I'd walked all night in a sort of alcoholic stupor, for I'd been drinking heavily trying to forget.
Vividly now, I recall the many times my sweet Christian wife had pleaded with me to accept as my personal Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, whom she knew and loved so well. Her prayers and those of my children had followed me, I knew, all the years of my life. So far, my proud heart had rebelled against a full and complete surrender. I had gone my own willful way, and to a marked degree, I had been successful in business. I'd become well-known in radio circles and finally had been appointed to an important position on the Pacific Coast as the commercial manager of two radio stations in Southern California. Now all this was a thing of the past. I was face to face with the dead end street of life at eight bells in the morning watch. Eight bells. That was the end of the long night watch. And soon it would be morning. Morning to me meant just another dreary day. All at once it dawned upon me that this morning would be Sunday morning. The people of San Diego would be gathering for Sunday school and church. Church. How long had it been since I had sat in a church and heard a sermon and joined in worship? So long I couldn't remember. I used to sing in the choir long ago. Perhaps if I could find someone who would pray with me there would come some peace to my troubled heart and soul. That was it. I needed God. I remembered mother's oft-told tale of the prodigal son. If ever there was a prodigal son, it was I. I cannot hide from God, however I may try. Though mountains cover me, I'll not escape His eye. I've wandered far and near, and yet His voice I hear. I know that I can never hide from God. I cannot. Hide from thee, dear Lord. 
church whose bell had heralded the morning worship up and down the streets of the city. Eagerly I sat and listened to the organ, the choir, and the preliminary rituals. The pews were filled with well-dressed men and women who had come to listen to the Word of God. At last the minister began his sermon. Then it was all over. The benediction had been pronounced. The choir had sung its last amen and people were slowly filing out. No one had spoken a word to me. No mention had been made in the morning message of a savior who could rescue a lost soul. The whole meeting had been so coldly formalistic that I had not detected one friendly smile not one hand of greeting had been extended to me. I was stunned. Dazed, I found my way back to the cheap hotel room where I'd been sleeping. I was desperate. Suddenly, my eyes were focused upon a book. It was a Gideon Bible placed there by that great band of Christian businessmen known the world over. I had carelessly noticed its presence before, but now it seemed to hold out to me a faint ray of hope. Opening its pages, I placed it upon a chair and knelt before it. I do not recall reading one single word. I simply began to pour out my heart to God, acknowledging my guilt as a sinner and declaring my faith in Jesus Christ to save my soul.
floods my soul. Something happened, and I know he touched me and made me whole. Since I met this blessed Savior, since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. from death unto life. I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh God, I prayed, if you'll only straighten out my life, I'll serve you all the rest of my days. God began to work that very moment in my life. Would my wife take me back? I wouldn't blame her if she didn't. I'd go back to Los Angeles and see car fare home, I didn't have a penny. I'd have to hitchhike my way. I didn't know how God was going to work it all out, but I had the absolute assurance that whatever came into my life would be best for me. And it was well with my soul. So at last, I came back home to my wife and kiddies. Thelma, I've found Christ, and he's real to me at last. This was my greeting to her, who was the mother of my babies. God alone knows how many sleepless nights she prayed for my soul's salvation. With the wonderful love of Christ in her heart, she took me back. Honey, I said, I'm going into full-time service of the Lord. I don't know where or how. I made him that promise, and I know that he'll open a door somewhere. She prayed with me that God would have his way.
before a microphone in commercial broadcasts of all kinds. That was it. A broadcast of gospel hymns and short evangelistic messages. Now, I couldn't preach, but I could tell others of what God had done for me. But due to a chronic laryngitis, I had almost no voice at all. Nevertheless, God kept speaking to my heart. Radio is where I would have you. All right, Lord, I prayed. You tell me where to go and whom to see. Open the door and I'll do my best. Thus began the radio ministry, which today is known to the listening public as the Haven of Rest. This story is not intended to be merely an autobiographical sketch, but rather a witness and a testimony of what God can do with the human heart and life and soul through the miracle of the new birth. Many there are who deny the inspiration of the scriptures and doubt the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I hope and pray that this account of my own redemption will be a challenge to those who would scoff and ridicule the reality of a vital Christian experience. The world cannot, it dare not, deny the visible, audible, tangible evidence of a changed and a transformed life. How glad I am that I heard and heeded the still small voice of the Spirit of God as he spoke to my soul at the sound of eight bells in the morning watch of a wintry day in 1934. My soul in sad exile was out on my sea, so burdened with sin and distressed and distressed, till I heard a sweet
you to join with the crew and me in prayer. Our Father and our God, in Jesus' name, we touch the throne of grace today. I thank you for this opportunity of sharing with my friends what you did for me that wintry day in San Diego. How glad I am that you sought till you found me, answering the prayers of my godly mother, wife, children, family, and friends. Use this story to touch hearts, I pray. Bring the unsaved to yourself. Restore the backslidden to fellowship with you. Bring glory to your name through these words. This is my humble prayer. In the lovely name of Jesus, our Redeemer and our Savior. Amen. In Jesus, I'm safe May their melody linger on, for the story they've told is ageless. And though these singers be gone, as we set sail and stand out to sea, may they speak to your heart while we're apart of the stranger of Galilee.
Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Great Stories Podcast with Charles Morris. I'm also grateful that this recording has been preserved through history for us to hear today. Now, if you want to hear more conversations like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on this blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.